Cindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, where we take a look at music's effect on our everyday lives. USA Today recently published the article, 100 Things to Do While Stuck Inside Due to a Pandemic. Number three was to play a musical instrument. Now, a lot of businesses are starting to open up again, and it's summer here in the U.S., so we may not be stuck inside quite as much as we were in March or April. Then again, it's summer. A lot of our summer plans have been canceled due to the pandemic, and many of us have a lighter schedule in the summer and the desire for a summer adventure or fun, leisurely projects that we wouldn't consider during the more busy school year months. I know a lot of people can struggle with a disconnect between what they want to happen during the summer months, whether it's a fun project or developing a new skill, and making it happen, having the ability to structure their time in a way that brings about the desired outcome. Here to point us in the right direction is time management coach and author Elizabeth Grace Saunders. Elizabeth was named one of the world's top 30 time management professionals. She contributes to Harvard Business Review and has appeared on CBS, ABC, NBC, and Fox. Welcome to Enhanced Life with Music, Elizabeth. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Well, Elizabeth, I have to tell you my story of how I became familiar with your work and became a fan of yours. I'm a library nerd, so I have this feed that shows me the books that my library has ordered, and I saw the title. The title of your book caught my eye, The Three Secrets to Effective Time Investment. And this is over three years ago, and I figured, oh, I'm heading out to visit my sister out of town. I'll take this with me and check it out while I'm gone. And I absolutely Absolutely loved the book. It turned my trip into a total retreat. And every moment that my sister was working and not available, I ended up reading the book and taking tons of notes and went back home with a refreshed and focused perspective. So thank you for that gem of a book. Yay. Thank you. That makes me so happy to hear. Writing <laughs> books is a lot of work. So whenever anyone reads them, you're like, yes, it was I worth can- it. I can imagine. I mean, I've heard people, authors talk about how it's like your baby and kind of like if somebody says your daughter or your son is such a great kid. I imagine it has a similar feeling as an author. Yes. (laughs) Well, like me on trips to visit my sister, many of us and our kids have more unstructured time than usual coming up due to COVID canceled summer plans. Dusting off or learning a musical instrument has become incredibly popular during quarantine, and for good reason. It can be done anywhere, anytime, with people, by yourself. Making music reduces stress and is good for our brain, and there are more instructional resources than ever available remotely and online right now. Many people recognize the benefits of music and realize there's no better time than now to fulfill their desire to learn or return to a musical instrument. But there can be a gap or sometimes a chasm (laughs) between our optimism and what comes to fruition. You talk in your Three Secrets book about the difference between realistic optimists and unrealistic optimists. Talk to us a little bit about the difference between those two types of optimists. Absolutely. I'd be delighted to share. So yeah, so in my book, The Three Secrets to Effective Time Investment that you referenced, we talk about the importance of realistic optimism. So how about we just start with the the optimism? So optimism is the belief that we can do something or that it's possible. And the reason that's important is that if we 
don't believe we can actually do something, we won't put forward that time and effort to get it done. So for example, if we don't think that we can actually improve in our skills on an instrument or um, some other part of music, well, we won't even try at all because we're like, well, no matter what I do, I'm going to end up in the same place. However, it is important that we are realistic optimists instead of unrealistic optimists. And the difference is that when we are unrealistic optimists, we believe we'll get better and we also believe it will be very easy. So you'll pick up your instrument and automatically you'll be a virtuoso <laughs> or you haven't practiced in weeks and weeks and weeks and all of a sudden you'll just be able to practice one day and be just as good as you were when you stopped practicing. And that's just not realistic. And the problem with that is that it then leads to frustration because you're, you may practice for a day or two or a week, it doesn't go as expected, and then you're more likely to give up versus if you're a realistic optimist. So what that means is that you not only believe that you can do things and you can improve, but also that it will be a hard and a bit of a struggle, and that's part of the process. Mm. So what that might sound like would be, you know, I haven't played my instrument in a few weeks or maybe even a few months. I'm going to pick it back up. And I know when I first start out again that I'm going to sound a little rusty and maybe not be where I want to be. But if I work hard and I keep at it, I'll have some days where I'm not as good, but in general, I'll get better. And when you have that attitude, you're not only optimistic that you can improve, but you're realistic about the process to get there. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're talking today about making time for music, but our conversation really is going to be applicable to structuring summertime for any hobby or goal. What are some recommendations for structuring summertime that you have for someone who wants to learn or pick back up a musical instrument? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to share. So in terms of structuring summertime, there's a few things that I would recommend. Um, so one, just as a family, and if you have, have children, I recommend just some basic good routines. And, and this is outside of hobbies, but just the basics like going to bed and getting up and times to eat. Um, that sounds very basic, but as you know, without any structure of camps or school or mm -hmm. activities, um, kids can go to bed super late and sleep till 11 or noon and mm. become owls and all these different <laughs> things. So you want to have a basic sense as a family of what you consider to be reasonable in terms of when they go to bed, when they get up, what kind of structure you want to basic self-care and family time. Then within that, in terms of figuring out times for hobbies, the thing is that as people in general, and especially as children, but people in general, our brains tend to go towards what is easiest. And so the path of least resistance is not going to be towards practicing an instrument or mm -hmm. towards doing some hobby that maybe requires some effort to figure out how to do it or to mm -hmm. follow through. The path of least resistance will be towards video games or towards TV or towards um, maybe playing with friends or that sort of thing. Sure. And it's not that those can't be part of your summer, but if you want to accomplish something else, you need to have some intentional thought about it. So for example, let's say with practicing an instrument, it might look like after I have breakfast, so like I get up and have breakfast, and after I have breakfast, I practice for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's just something that you do, you practice for 30 minutes, and then you go on with the rest of your day, whether that's going to the pool or um, playing with your friends or whatever else you're going to do. 
Mm-hmm. And, well, and the beauty about those routines mm-hmm. is it takes away the need for having to kind of get yourself psyched up and motivated every day because it just becomes part of the routine. Exactly. And you have those linking routines. So if you know every day I get up and I eat breakfast, then immediately you can set those neuro connections in place. Oh, and then I practice my instrument. Um, so that's step one. I recommend doing it early because then you get out of the whole procrastination thing of I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And then you're telling your kids do it now and they're like, oh, I'll do it later. And then it's like midnight mm-hmm. and they're not doing it. Sure. Um, so I recommend doing that early. And then also to just have very clearly defined what it is they're working on. So maybe they're practicing a particular piece. Maybe they're going through a certain workbook. Um, maybe they're doing lessons and there are certain things their teacher wants them to accomplish or focus on. Having a very clear time when you're working on something and then defining exactly what needs to get done is really what makes it a lot easier to follow through. Mm, That makes sense. I remember one of the quotes that you quote from Stephen Covey in your book is most people struggle with balance because they haven't paid the price to decide what is really important to them. The key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. And I think that's really important is to really clearly define what your goal is and what it is that you want to accomplish. Absolutely. And I would recommend that it's it's not an overwhelming number of things. So if you have like 10 or 15 different hobbies that you expect to move ahead on, you probably won't make much progress in any of them. But if you have some basics for yourself or your kids, so, and and I'll, I guess I'll I'll focus on the kids here because they have the most autonomy during the summer. You might have some basics around wellness, like getting enough sleep, getting up by a certain time, eating some basic, decent food. You could have a goal around a hobby. So like practicing an instrument or working on something else that's important to them. You could have a goal around physical activity, like each day they go out and run around for a certain amount of time. And then you can have goals maybe around one or two other things, but I wouldn't make it too complicated. Like if you have five categories of things that they're doing each day, that's, that's sufficient and that's Mm. good. And it's better to be focused on those and do those well and be consistent than try to do 15 things and just burn out on them and not really make much progress in any any area. Sure. Well, and one thing I notice with myself and with my kids is if we do have certain expectations of ourselves, we enjoy the free time so much more. If every day is just this wide open day to do whatever, you can start to feel kind of restless and you don't really enjoy it and appreciate it as much. Whereas if you're like, okay, this is something I'm going to be intentional about. I'm going to develop this skill. You, you enjoy the pleasure that comes with accomplishment and achievement, and then you enjoy so much more the downtime where you just are kind of putzing around or reading or whatever. Exactly, exactly. Like if you, like, it's kind of like if you go on a really hard run or you work out and then you're really hungry and you're really tired and like you eat food and you rest, it feels amazing versus it's like if you just sit around all day and you haven't really done anything, I mean, you can still eat or you can still rest, but like, you're just like, sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And also there's this just biological thing for all of us that we need periods of joy and quiet. So what I mean by that is that we thrive 
best, even from a very young age, such as from infant level, when we have times of joy. So meaning like we're connected, we're excited, we're focused, like we're energized, whether that's learning something new or connecting with people in an interesting way. And then we need times of quiet. That's where we're more calm, reflective. Maybe maybe there's other people in the room, but we're not fully connecting, um, reading, all those sorts of things. And so cultivating those rhythms throughout your family's day of times of joy and connection and exploration as well as quiet is what leads to the most satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Um, Too much joy is like overstimulation and overwhelming and makes it like too much. And then on the opposite, too much quiet can just make you feel lethargic. Mm, Sure. Yeah, great. So we have good routines. We have clearly defined goals, not an overwhelming number of goals. Do it early in the day. What other recommendations do you have? Yeah, so what I would say is that I think it's best, especially if we're talking about family and kids schedules, to have this be a third party thing. So what I mean by that is particularly if you have younger kids, make a chart, like a visual chart of what's expected each day and have it up on on the wall or a whiteboard or someplace where they can see it. If they're a little older, you might choose to use like an app where you keep track of their different goals but have oh, those things what like app do you recommend for that i haven't heard of that that well, sounds great yeah so like there is an app called our home um so our meaning o-u-r um which and is the letter uh no so it's o-u-r it, home oh okay so it is our home out. yeah okay yep and so like for example that is an app where you can have chores, different tasks that people are supposed to get done in the house, um, rewards that they can achieve through doing that and taking responsibility for those actions. So you can you can choose to use an app like Our Home or for younger kids, you can have a chart on the wall. Uh-huh. And I encourage you to have them be responsible for looking at that and then be responsible for tracking their progress, whether that's on the app or like if it's up on the wall, like maybe they put a sticker there or they check something off or they move something. And so they're learning not only what their routines are, so you're not having to constantly remind them like, okay, like you had breakfast and you practiced, now it's time to make your bed or get dressed. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's there. And then also you're teaching them responsibility in terms of keeping track of what's going on. And if you want to, you can have a reward system in place. You don't have to. Um, it's not required, but it might be something special like, yeah. well, if we we do a good job on doing our routines for the week, then we go out for ice cream on Friday mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you're helping them to take ownership and it's not about you versus your kids or you pushing your kids, but it's that collectively you've decided the, this is what we want for our family. This is what we want for our life. And then we're following the system. So mm-hmm. it's not, it's not the, it's mm-hmm. not you nagging them. It's the system, whether it's the app or the chart on the wall that's saying, Hey, like this is what we expect to do each day. And it's your responsibility to, to take ownership of that. Mm, that yeah that is a great one right there for anyone with kids and I wish I would have known about that app when my kids were younger (laughs) yeah so it's it's a it's something there and what I see is that 
if you don't teach your kids to be able to understand routines, if you don't teach them to take ownership of their life, then when you send them away to college or they go out into the work world, like how do you expect them to be able to do that? You Mm -hmm. know, like their boss or their professor is not going to be telling them every hour what they should be doing. Mm -hmm. You're, you need to help them develop those muscles. Otherwise they're going to come work with me later. (laughs) I don't mind. Like I like having clients, but, uh, but if you, you could, you could uh, save them a whole lot of time, money and stress by uh, teaching them at a young age, how to, how to know what a routine is, how to take ownership of that and how to follow through. Sure. I love that. I think that's great. I think it really does teach kids to be independent. And like you said, this is a life skill. It's not just how can I get out of having to nag my kids, but it's really for their benefit in the long term in their life to be responsible and to be independent, keep keep track of their own schedule and motivate themselves to do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's one of the most valuable skills that you can give them. Yeah. Great. So make it a third party thing with the chart or the app. Anything else? Yeah. So another thing that I would say is to pay attention to them. And what I mean by that isn't that you need to watch their entire practice or something. I'm not saying being a micromanager, Mm -hmm. but I do think that it is special for your kids, especially like let's say they've been working on a new piece if once a week or whenever it's appropriate, you just sit and listen to them and appreciate mm-hmm. what they've done and appreciate their improvement, especially with kids not having the normal school or band or orchestra or maybe even normal lessons. Like mm-hmm. they are not getting as much feedback from others mm-hmm. about their work or people like noticing what they're doing. And if you have a little kid and you're just like, well, go practice for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, but no one listens, no one really seems to care other than that they quote unquote got it done. It's much less motivating than if it's like, okay, like you're practicing this week, this particular piece. And on Friday, I'd love you to give me a little concert and show me what you've done. And then don't, don't criticize them and be like, oh, you did that note wrong. You did that and this and that. Tell them how much you appreciate it and how you really see their trying and and what they did well. And that's really important, too, because kids need to be seen and appreciated and noticed. And again, it's not that you want them to feel like you only appreciate them or notice them because they have done something well, like you love them just for, for being them. But again, that's creating those moments of joy where They've worked hard on something, they've committed themselves, they've shown up, they've practiced, and you just taking those few minutes to listen to what they've done is like validating their work and validating that it matters to you what they're doing. Um, Very similar to like if you have kids that play sports and you're able to go to their games and cheer them on, like that's you saying like, hey, I really appreciate how hard you've worked during the week of your practice. And I really appreciate that you're in the game and you're trying hard and you're cheering them on. That's like your way of noticing them. And um, with things like music or instruments, like your way of noticing is stopping and actually listening to them and appreciating them and, and cheering them on. And if you must, maybe give them a pointer or two. But really, I would, especially at this time, focus on just appreciation because that will go a lot farther than than criticism, 
when if they're feeling like, well, all my concerts were canceled. I can't even see my friends. <laughs> all, all this is happening. They really don't need that right now. They just need to know you appreciate their trying. <laughs> sure, sure. That is so insightful. Just recognizing that attention is a currency. And they're not getting as much of that right now and, and just recognizing how important that is. And I'm even thinking too, encouraging your, your kids or setting up some kind of a FaceTime call with a grandparent. I know sometimes as parents, when we have young kids, we can just feel like, okay, my emotional tank is just low, but I could have my kids FaceTime grandma and grandpa and play the piano for them <laughs> and have them give that gushing encouragement and exactly. feedback. Exactly. <laughs> Grandparents are awesome for that. Anything your child does, they'll think is the best. Sure, <laughs> sure. And whether grandparents live near or far, I've heard uh -huh. a lot of people say, you know, there's, I have friends who live five minutes away and I've seen them more in quarantine than I have before, just because it's like we realize we can do these virtual house parties, you know? Uh -huh. and so just kind of realizing, boy, I can do this whether someone is 700 miles away or four miles away. Yeah. Um, you know, you could, you could do that FaceTime with somebody near or far. Well, anything else before we wrap things up? No, I would just say, well, actually, that's not true. I did think of just one more thing. So we've <laughs> got your basic routines around family life. So sleeping, chores, eating, all that good stuff. I would recommend you have some ideas around hobbies like practicing instruments. And then the final thing I would just recommend, do some kind of daily planning or particularly weekly planning with your family each week. And that can be as simple as on a Friday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. Just sit down with the people that are in your family or at least at least the parents. Um, to just sit down and look over the week. Make sure you're clear on who's doing what, what kind of daycare needs you have, if anyone needs to get drived anywhere, if you need to pick up a birthday present for someone, all of that sort of stuff can just really reduce the stress and keep you from having drama that's just completely not needed. So give yourself just a few minutes, look over the week, make sure communication is happening so that you can enjoy the summer and not be freaking out because you forgot to buy something or do something or pick up a child somewhere. <laughs> Great idea. Almost like budgeting your time in a way. Yes. <laughs> Although if, if people, if listeners think budget is like a dirty word, then just ignore what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, that's wonderful. Well, and I encourage listeners to, to, if this has been helpful for you to get Elizabeth's book, The Three Secrets to Effective Time Investment, because there's even more in that that is so helpful and maybe helpful for, for specific situations. For example, if it's hard for you to say no, you know, there's information in the book about that. Or if you struggle with guilt and feel like if someone else is expecting you to do something, then it should be important to you. You know, there's a lot of things in the book that can address specific situations. So I encourage you to get that. I'll include links in the show notes, as always, of ways for listeners to connect with you and your work. Your website is reallifee.com. And I'll include some other links in there as well, links to all three of your books. I ask all my guests to close out our conversation with a musical ending. I call it a coda by sharing a song or a story about a moment that music enhanced your life. Is there a song or a story that you can share with us today? 
Yeah, for sure. So I find that music for me is very healing and very centering and really like keeps me aligned with with who I am and what life is about. And I'm also, I am a Christian. So um, worship music is a really important part of my life. And there were a number of songs that just really kept me centered during this spring when things were feeling overwhelming. And one of them was called The Blessing. Mm. And it's just a song about blessing upon you and blessing upon your family, blessing upon your children and to a thousand generations. And it was just so encouraging. And it's a song that both was popular in the United States as well as in other parts of the world. It was recorded and a lot of people did like home recordings of it Mm. and that sort of thing. And so I just find for me that listening to songs like The Blessing and many other songs just gave me encouragement and hope and peace and joy and kept my eyes on God and just really helped me get through. And I find the same to be true now this summer that I am just filled with so much hope and joy and peace and just confidence in in where I am and in God's love for me and that it's really through music is where I find a lot of those things that center me. Thank you so much to Elizabeth for joining us today. I did get some more information from Elizabeth on the Blessing song. It is a new song that just premiered on March 6th of this year. It's by Elevation Worship, and the version most well-known is by artists Carrie Job and Cody Carnes which has over 17 million YouTube views. That YouTube video is included in the show notes. I was listening to another podcast this past week that had another interesting take on our topic from today. The June 16 episode of the Before Breakfast podcast is called Build Memories with a Long-Term Project. And the episode host and author Laura Vandercam recommends taking on a long-term project that you can associate with this summer. She says, we are living through tumultuous times, and one way to deepen memories is to consciously undertake something that will always link your mind to this time. If you've ever undertaken a huge project, you probably recall when you did it. And she goes on to explain some very strong memories that she has associated with specific times of her life as a result of a significant project that she took on. And it's forever linked in her mind to the summer when she was 10 or the spring break trip she took a particular year and so on. There is, of course, a link in the show notes to that episode. One final thing that is worthy of mention, and that is a book recommendation that Elizabeth includes in her book, The Three Secrets to Effective Time Investment. I don't recall the context in Elizabeth's book, but she recommends the book, The Exceptional 7%, The Nine Secrets of the World's Happiest Couples by Gregory K. Popkak. I took Elizabeth's suggestion and read this book, and it is hands down my favorite relationship book ever. (laughs) So a little extra bonus there from Elizabeth and me. Check out that book. 
If you have any tips on what has worked for you or your family when it comes to structuring summertime and accomplishing musical goals, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. You can connect with me on social media, email, and my website. All links can be found at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash episode 48. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music. My pleasure. Happy to be of service. And I would just say, get some structure in place, but not too much this summer. So you can do the things that are important to you, but also relax, breathe, chill out. We all need that. (laughs) Sure. Good point.